1: My message to the team was I know you're hurting. Frost is like a brother to me. He gave me an opportunity to come here and coach at my alma mater, coach at the University of Nebraska. I would always love him, and always appreciate him. I was always respect him. The kids would always love him. But I know they were hurting. But at the end of the day he's gonna that ball's gonna kick off on Saturday. So mentally we had to get him back and get him ready. We got nine games left, right? But as a coach, you've got to stand up here and say, we're trying to win nine games, but we're not worrying about nine games right now. Remember, I just said what, we're worrying about this game this week. So we've got to take this one at a time with these kids. We've got to take this one at a time with this staff. So we're going to take one week at a time, and then when we get to nine, then we'll see where we're at. But this week, the most important thing right now is this week is get preparing to get ready for OU. Well, you knew when the Oklahoma week was. You 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 knew the fans let you know the coaches will let you know the students will let you know, so you knew it was a big game and you knew that you know that they were gonna come in they was gonna be just as talented as you because at that time, you know it was it was O U Nebraska and um, Colorado, you know that was the three top dogs so you knew. An OU game, and you was, was excited because you got to play a really good football team. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show.
2: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. It's you OU week. Let's get them. That's right. Down to business for Honky. Also, the Redcast Rob. I would just like to confirm
3: after uh, our broadcast on Sunday night uh, that Urban Meyer will definitely be in town this weekend in Lincoln. Um, I I can confirm that. that. My sources have told me my my, uh, private jet tracking apps confirm it. So I guess, yeah, Urban Meyer to Lincoln. It's confirmed.
2: He is coming here as as part of the big noon kickoff. Oh, it, it, uh, is that what that is? I don't. <laughs> and also with Boomer.
4: Well, I I know my names come up in a lot of a lot of reports early on this week, and it's always an honor to be considered for new podcasts. But um, I'm committed to the Redcast. We've got a job to do this week, so that's totally what I'm focusing on, and we'll just kind of go from
2: there. So until they dangle ten million dollars in front of you, Boomer, then you'll leave us. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, we're, we're back on it. We did take uh, Monday off uh, to uh, breathe a little bit and also wait for a, a Mickey Joseph uh, presser, which, uh, Honky, you're in quite a bit of, of there in that, that first um, intro. Um, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, get ready for uh, Oklahoma. To your point, Honk, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a,
5: It's kind of a it's weird that Nebraska Oklahoma game is an afterthought right now. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> almost, you know, after all the the change that's happened the last few days, but yeah, we are playing the, the, the big rival that we've had for you know decades and decades this Saturday and they are ranked number six in the country. So, um, you know, it, it really is in our best interest. And I think, uh, coach Joseph, I've got to transition myself to saying that head coach, Joseph interim head coach, uh, that he really wanted to start to move the focus today in the press conference to, uh, Oklahoma and that's probably a good idea
2: yeah absolutely I mean there's gonna be plenty of time over the next several months to talk about the coaching search which will be be ongoing and plenty of rumors will will fly and I'm sure we'll um, attack those as they come but uh, you know before we dive into discussion uh, do we want to um, talk about our sponsors yeah absolutely well
5: number one is uh, the hill varsity you can go to hill slash subscribe and use promo code promo code redcast get $10 off your subscription and it should be of note uh you know where we were at on Friday night during our live one the Hill Varsity Club if you are a Hill Varsity subscriber you get 10% off your your food and and ticket everything if you go to the Hill Varsity Club and the the food and drinks there are just outstanding um so um, plenty of uh reasons to get yourself a subscription of it but absolutely use redcast at promo code get yourself $10 off the annual subscription uh, next up is Alumni Hall with the two Lincoln locations. There's Rob's photo with the with the uh, Hawaiian-Nebraska shirt uh, go downtown, 11th and P, and also South Point Pavilions right behind the Barnes & Noble. Uh, FSC Edge, Redcasters, if you're looking for a new position, a new job, a career change, uh, check out FSC Edge. You can find their available spots at www.jobs@fsc.com. And last but not least, Mac and Smooch, custom shirt specialty items, T-shirts, koozies, the whole thing that we have the war daddy up one, but Rob, I think you're wearing one that Shane just made for you too, right? The, we almost always almost win t shirt So, uh, you can find them at Smack and Smooch on Facebook and Twitter, Shane and Laura out there in Elwood. So.
3: Well, and let me just say, too, that if you do purchase one of these shirts and you post it on Facebook, be ready for Boomer, Mo- not Boomer's mom and dad, but your Boomer mom and dad, to uh, comment about how stupid you are, about how you have a defeatist mentality, and that they absolutely hate it, because that's the feedback I've gotten from older Husker fans on Facebook. And someone like you to
4: draw negative responses, Rob. I don't
3: know. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I honestly if it was one of you, it probably wouldn't but something about my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: probably the truth. Probably it. Uh, it's good stuff. Um Bob, before we uh dive into tweets of the week, um one last promo for the uh Yahoo Fantasy College Football Pick 'em, the Go Big Red Cast Bets. Um Group ID 5209, password is BetCast. Um, I know it's already two weeks in, but you do uh, can exclude your two um, worst weeks. So if you still want to join, you aren't really going to be penalized that much. Um, I don't know what the, what the tally was last week, but uh, I'm sure it was a, a competitive because the BetCast, I think, went three and one on our best bet. So Each year, approximately 5,000 children are
3: diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning into the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon, presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit TeamJackFoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure.
2: Now, back to our show. All right. Uh, Honk, um, ready to head into the tweets of the week?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's been such a crazy weekend with everything that went on with, you know, with the obviously with Frost. For us, you know, all four of us came together. We did a live show on Friday night at Hale Varsity Club. We did a, a live pregame show on the sideline, you and Boomer did, Dave. And then postgame, awesome. we we did one right afterwards. And then we ended up doing a, a Sunday night show uh, after Frost was fired as well. So busy three nights in a row. As you mentioned, we took last night off so that we could. Take a break, but also tonight uh, that gave us a chance to do everything with get all the, the video from uh, uh, uh Joseph's press conference. But this was a tweet that we posted and it was Saturday. It was Sunday morning right before all the, the frost news came out, but it was last night was a painful end to a, what truly was an amazing week for the Redcast. Uh, we did our first ever live audience Friday night, at the Hill Varsity Club, even had a drink there named in our honor, then Dave and Boomer were in the press box for NUGU. Thank you, Redcast Nation, GBR. And it's not lost on us, and I just not to get sappy for a second, but it's not lost on us that that was a really cool opportunity that was that was afforded to us. Redcast Nation, everyone that's following us right now, everyone that will be watching and listening to this later, uh, it's, it's because of you that we were able to do it. I mean, if we don't have an audience, they don't really care to have us there probably. So the audience, <laughs> as good as we think we are in our heads, uh, the audience helps out a lot. And, and we so think we we're know, pretty good. We do. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can read this as well, but this was the Redcast Cooler, uh, $8, the... FN Yuzu Citrus Vodka Watermelon Watermelon Malibu Lemon Juice le, Lemonade Strawberry Puree Sugar Rim. It was watch so your it mouth there, honky. <laughs> the it, did I say? Yeah. <laughs> this is PG, right? So, anyways, uh, we just want to thank everyone there again with with at and and Hale Varsity, and it was a lot of fun. Thank everyone that showed up, and uh, and uh, we'll keep doing this. So, that's yeah. the tweets of the week. I Absolutely. guess.
2: Well, uh, you know, before we dive into Mickey Joseph, I mean, I think we want to, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there uh, on on media um, talking about the kind of demise of the Scott Frost era. And, um, you know, I don't think there's, there's a lot that we can add personally to it. But I think, you know, it is important to continue to have some closure on on the the the, the regime, I guess, you know, to try to help us turn the page. Uh, and there was a pretty interesting um, let's see if I can play the sankey a uh, a video that was at Heard at Sports um,
0: with uh, Michael Severe. Let's see if we can uh, hear what he has to say. That there's so much. If somebody really wants to write a book about this tenure, it would be first of all it would allow Trev to walk away and go. This is why. Because he can't talk about that stuff. Right. He can't talk about his head coach being late for practice every day. He can't talk about his head coach not making recruiting phone calls. He can't talk about it. And I can talk about it, you know, because it's over. But there's a whole bunch of stuff. There was a mess up there. It was an absolute. You had assisting coaches going to the athletic department and saying, the AD, and going, hey, this is happening. Help us. Mm-hmm. That should not happen. You should not have to have your assistant coaches complaining about your head coach because he's not doing what he wants to, what's supposed to be doing. That's an issue, and so hopefully somebody writes all that down and puts it in a little book and sells it um, so that'll be, that way Trev can go, it wasn't about the losses. It was about everything. Right. This guy was not, for whatever reason, committed to doing what he was supposed to do as the head coach of Nebraska. I don't know why. I don't know why, but he hasn't been. And I'm not just talking about this year after they forced him to make changes. I'm talking about the every year he's been in here. Every year he's been here, it's been stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you want to go around, there's stories all over the all over Lincoln about things that he did or didn't do that he was supposed to. This is this is a lack of commitment on his part. He wanted to be the head coach. He wanted to make the money, but the commitment to everything else was not there. And that is a distinct problem.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, that, that that's a <laughs> lot, right? Um, and yeah. I don't know how much that can actually be substantiated. Um, and so. Um, but I mean, I, I think you know there, there's quite a bit of that stuff uh, from some of the other media members, and and maybe not quite so um, direct as as severe there. You know, I, I was listening to all the sports radio, and when I mean, Sam McEwen uh, laid out just more like just from a um, the media probably should have been um, a little bit more uh, 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 critical of of the Scott Scott Frost and his entire really his his program is his staff in general at certain times going all the way back to Maurice Washington um, and, and that whole instant where it probably wasn't handled, handled well um, from, from many angles. Uh, but, you know, I think there's uh, more about how we need to turn the page and find a coach that um, as Trev was describing in his press conference, that, that loves, loves this uh, uh, not just Nebraska, but loves coaching is a grinder and can really um, be committed to um, really seeing this as a success. Boomer, your thoughts on it?
4: Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just a, a fan podcast, so we can't confirm or deny any of the rumors or, you know, things we've heard about. I, th- I think everyone's probably seen at least something, you know, on the dark corners of the internet in one way or another. Um, but there seems to be enough that there probably were issues there. I, and there had to be some sort of issues. Otherwise the program wouldn't have been 16 and 31 over the last yeah. you know, five years. So there mm-hmm. was there. It's, it's the why. Yeah. The life. why is there. It's not just losses. Why were there losses? Why were there problems with, you know, developments or strength and condition or defense, not clicking? whatever it is. And a lot of that is something kind of internal that, you know, Travis talked about and, you need to know why these things didn't work so you know how to fix them and correct them going forward. So I think that's an important thing. You know, we'll probably never get the full details of it all. You know, maybe bits and pieces will come out, but it's, it's definitely important. You know, Trev has to know, you know, what went wrong and what changed. And there, and there probably is some truth to what uh, Sam was saying at the media could be a little, you know, harder on this because I think that this kind of goes with why we, Sort of want a coach or somebody who's you know ready to be that head coach because there's a lot of things that that are tough about being a head coach and it's possible Frost just wasn't ready for it at this point because he was only a coach for two year a head coach for two years at UCF and kind of unique situation a lot goes into being a head coach and it can be hard
2: and yeah 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 Honky um, you know Trev mentioned in in his presser you know that I mean there's advantages and disadvantages for the Nebraska job but that goes for all coaching uh, football jobs uh, across um, the NCAA. And um, I mean, you can say that there's maybe more scrutiny upon a head coach here than a lot of other places. We have more media than almost anywhere else, especially per capita, no doubt about that. Um, but at the same time there, there can be advantages. Right. But um, you know, I think there's a, uh, a coach out there that is going to welcome that challenge.
5: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we talked about it a week ago with how to fan. Should you boo or should you not boo? Well, booing at the very least meant that people still cared, right? That was the comparison against UCLA that they just don't show up. They're not in the stands. That's one way that people can speak too is with their silence. Um, that's fans. Uh, when, when it comes to media, yeah, the media that there's going to be plenty of it here. You're going to there's going to be a lot of demands of media on you. Uh, Mickey is obviously going to be learning about that all week in his new role as interim head coach. Uh part of any time that there's a, a coaching change is the inevitable media dump. And that's kind of exactly what, you know, yeah. we're starting to see here. And it's I do find it a little interesting is that, you know, part of the complaint prior to the season was media demanding more access. But then if you're not going to tell us what you know anyways, or limit what you're going to tell us, you know, that's, that's interesting when it comes to, you know, access and, and everything. But at the end of the day, the, the reason that we posted that, because we, we questioned that within our group before we went live, we're like, should we post that? If it was if it was some someone not credible, we wouldn't have. But you know, that's it's Michael Severe. We've had him on yeah, our show. Yeah, uh he tonight he's hosting Big Red Wrap Up earlier tonight. So I mean, this isn't it's not someone that, that doesn't bring credit to it. I, I we're not here to discredit Michael or we're not here to no, to, I don't to, think you yeah, wouldn't say yeah,
2: if you to, didn't believe it. Either.
5: Yeah, we're not here to add on to the frost stuff either because he's not able to defend himself at this point. It's more just for me, I think it puts a little bit of closure on it's over. The, the, the frost era is officially over. It's done. And I think as we start to move into, to scar clear glasses and talk about today's presser and everything, Dave, you start to see maybe the things that what Joseph is talking about or the things that Trev talked about on Sunday. The thing that Trev wants us to, to what he's looking for in the next coach, um, We'll see. We'll see what uh, what Joseph gets to what he can do here in the next nine games. I've heard people say, you know, Frost. Uh, still, some people complain he didn't get enough chances. He, he had forty seven chances. Joseph's only going to get nine. He'll get nine chances, and we'll see what he gets to do with with them. I'm excited for sa- Saturday. I'm excited to see what Mickey Joseph can do with those nine chances, and and uh, we'll have some time to talk about that.
3: Does your business need easy competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big ticket items. Just fill out an application and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency's equipment financing made simple. Go to gocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and are arranged by Express Tech Financing LLC DBA Currency pursuant to CFL License 60DB054873.
2: And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. Well, let's go ahead and put on those scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football. And, uh, you know, we have quite a bit of um, um, uh, clips from from Mickey Joseph there. I think, you know, it was a a pretty good press conference overall, especially for someone who uh, hasn't been a head coach, um, at least anywhere near this level. Um, and, uh, what did you glean mostly from that hunk?
5: Well, what I really was impressed with was it it wasn't perfect at the beginning. You know, he, he stumbled on a few words and, and we could get really critiquing. I could bring out the Toastmaster in me and, you know, count the ums and ahs, but the reality is that's not what's important. And that's don't do that to me on this show. I have too many ums and ahs. Oh, Jesus. I, I, when I re-listen to to myself, I'm like, oh no, there's certain things I say over and over again. And, but, um. It's it's not about that. And Trev made it not about that on Sunday. I mean, Trev said it doesn't matter who wins the press conference. Um, Now, for what it's worth, I think Joseph kind of did win the press conference, too. I mean, he started to focus on started to move and shift the focus to to Oklahoma. He answered all the questions about the defense that was asked. Um, He talked about his chances and what he needs to do to to win it. You know, he he gave praise to Frost where he needed to. I mean, it was a lot of there's a lot of things that were hit on here. First, I, I want to kind of like focus on this first part here where he talked about his chance, a little bit of what his chance is with the head coaching role, and we'll go from there.
1: I think when you accept the interim job as a head coach, I think that's that's the opportunity that you're working for, is to, is to become the head coach. But we understand what goes along with this profession. It's wins and losses, and that's what it's going to depend on.
5: There is such a, a no-nonsense to him, And this isn't brand new. I mean, we were saying this back in January when he was first brought on all offseason. He would call people out that that he was coaching if, if they needed it. Um, he wasn't afraid to do that. And one thing for certain that's kind of happened over the course of the last four years is that there, there were definitely excuses for when things didn't go right or, or, or there was always some reason why it didn't go right. And I think at the very least here, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go out and win every game or win any games leap coming out of here, but I think we're going to get, we're going to get what Mickey is thinking when, during it. I mean, he's going to tell you his thoughts and it's, it's going to be pretty unfiltered.
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and uh, that will be, I mean, that, that could be refreshing. We'll see, you know, maybe that will, I, I think it, it will land a lot better if uh, we can win some games. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's changes that need to be made
5: to win games. I, I don't think we can just simply say, Hey, we just take frost out, put Mickey in his place. And all of a sudden we're winning football games. No, I mean, there's fundamental changes, some things that have to happen. Um, real quick here. This is one that Mickey talked about with the uh, the practice schedule uh, that they're going to
1: change up. The, the practice schedule Um just the, the off day. The off day's now going to be on Mondays. We'll bring them in on Sundays. But everything else will stay the same.
5: You know, I was driving by there this morning um, and they were practicing in the morning. And, and you get to think about that. It's like, they can't really, just from, you know, class schedules and everything, the, Frost has always been a morning practice person. Well, you Even if Mickey today said, nope, I want to go in the afternoon. I want to go at 3.30 like we used to back in the back in the eighties. It's not like he can make that change. <laughs> You've got schedules right. and, you know, students class have,
2: schedules in particular class schedules and class. labs Student
5: and all that
4: athletes are still a thing, right? Yeah,
5: so, yeah. Yeah. It's still, that still means something. So you can't just do that to him. And, and, but what he can do and, and, and this limited amount of changes that he can make this quickly, uh, they're going from having the, the off day being Sunday, and then they would practice on Monday. Now they're going to come in on Sunday and they'll have Monday essentially off there. So, um, I I don't know what to make out of that from an immediate standpoint. We beat Oklahoma. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure I can, you know, everyone in the country, Uh everyone's going to start taking Monday off then, but, uh, I'll start taking Monday off. Why not?
3: (laughs) That's
2: right. It's a good idea. Hey, Rob, you back?
3: Yeah. Sorry. All that talk about Scott Frost and his personal life and all that other crap bored me so much. I turned off my internet. (laughs) <laughs>
2: well we're glad you're back and we have turned the page yeah uh, oh, good. To oh, talking good. about oklahoma and mickey joseph so i think you'll like that oh well absolutely because
3: i what 58 24 huskers joseph goes 9-0 to end the season
2: is that what we're saying uh there's the red cast rob that we all know and love <laughs> the kool-aid is being drunk <laughs> um uh hunk what other video do you want to want to hit on here there's so much uh out of this uh this presser well this one was interesting to me and he uh, he was asked about you know uh,
5: a player and i couldn't understand so maybe someone else knows what player he's referring to but that a player during a summer interview made some reference to this being a losing culture and it was a new player
2: do you I know do it over it? summer, or was it, was it Oshon's? I, so I took it as O'Shawn's kind of. Yeah. Okay, was that weekend, it? So then leaving on Sunday. He got quoted as saying that it seems like it's a losing culture. So it's, a, it's a losing culture. And
5: and uh, so they kind of asked Mickey about that. And I thought he had a really interesting answer here.
1: We haven't been winning here. Okay, but I wouldn't say it's a losing culture because I, um, a losing culture is kids that don't come to work. You know, now these kids do playing in a lot of tight games. You know, I don't I don't think they've ever been blown out. They're playing a lot of tight games. So now we got to figure out how to get them over the hump. You know, how to get over the hump. And then I got to do a better job with with the players before they go to interviews and make comments like that.
2: <laughs> I love that. I really that. like that. I love, I that. love that, was, that. That was a quote of the, the presser for me almost. I don't know. Mm,
5: yeah, I mean, the, the point that, you know, you, you can argue, I mean, look, we were 16 and 31 or whatever it was, you know, so I don't know if it's a losing culture, but we had a lot of losses. Uh, but to his point, they're close. So many of them were close. I mean that, and uh, we have to find a way to get over whatever that, that gap is in each individual game, because it is a different gap each time it's a different inch that we seem to have to keep getting over. But at the same token, we also don't say that in the press conference, and uh, and that's him taking control over that team and saying, "Look, this is how this is how we're going to do it moving forward, and this is how we're going to talk moving forward." And that's setting a culture right there too. That's him setting a culture and a standard as the coach saying, "This is how we're going to talk about ourselves when uh, when we get in front of the press." So um, that was probably my favorite quote from the entire presser.
2: Agreed. What else we got, Hunk? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we—I thought he was going to. Yeah, I thought I was
4: expecting
3: another transition yeah. there. So no, okay. good chat, guys. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, have a good night. Go big red. Yeah. No,
5: a couple more here. Um, uh, this is something that uh, this is consistent with what Trev was saying on Sunday. Uh, he was asked about being Nebraska's first black head coach at not just in football, but in any sport.
1: Like I said, it's about Nebraska football. It's bigger than me. I haven't really thought about that because I, I've been a football coach. I've been a black football coach all my life, but I haven't thought about that. I was, I'm was i more concerned about the boys and getting the boys ready to play on Saturday. It's bigger than me.
5: He's never thought about that. Didn't even dawn on him because he's, he's busy doing the job, but also that this job, it's bigger than him, bigger than the individual. And that was something that Trev came out right away and said on Sunday, uh, when announcing the firing of frost was that this program is bigger than any one individual. And, and that, that counts for Trev too. I mean, this is bigger than yep. Trev. This is, is bigger yep. than, than any one person. And uh, I, I guess again, without trying to create narratives and everything, you know, Mickey's answering a question there, honestly, but he's also simply just, he keeps pulling it back to, this is not about him. This is about the program. This is about Oklahoma this weekend. This is how we're going to talk to the media. This is how we're going to interact with each other. I mean, it is, if, if nothing else, he is in every little step that he's doing here. He's trying to create his his culture. We'll use the word. He's creating his culture of how we're going to at least act for the next nine games. And uh, he's not wasting any any time to do that.
3: That question bothered me, too. I, I, I mean, I get the sig- historical significance of it. But at the same time, that wasn't really the time or the place for it um you know considering what we're talking about from an overall perspective of Husker football right and like what we're coming up with on the Oklahoma game like i'm sure it's something in retrospect but this is guy the guy's first day on the job right he's moving into you know Oklahoma week he's got nine games ahead of him you know and to me it was almost like the same like you know oh so how long have you been a black quarterback you know what I mean? And it's like, it, from like, what, yeah, I, I don't
2: know if I it just, I, I, I I get, just had a I weird rub. Watching it, li- watching
3: it live. It was just for me, it was like, Oh God, did you really like, that was my first thought was like, did you really have to ask that now?
2: Yeah. I don't know. When's the right time to ask that question, to be honest with you. But yeah. I would, I would say that, I mean, like I think he answered it really well. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think,
1: when, well, he did. When I this don't. is all over,
2: whenever he's he's no longer the interim head coach or the head coach or whatever, he'll have time to reflect back on that. Yeah. Um, but it's all – uh, it's, it's illuminating that – I mean, I'm glad that Mickey Joseph is, is our first African-American head coach. Yes. Uh, it's long overdue that couldn't, it's never happened to be a to better guy. Sport, right? Yeah. So – I think we can just leave it at that,
3: but yeah. Um, I, and I agree, I Dave. It, I think he handled it really well. And yeah. I, I do. And I think like, like Honky said, he, he redirected it back to the program, which is exactly what, what he, he, you know, was doing the entire press conference. I just, I'm sorry. I just had to put that out there. Cause it just, it just kind of gave me like a weird, you know, twinge feeling when, when that question was asked, like, really, really, you know, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I understand. It, it's, I mean, but it is there, and it, 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 I I think he answer, answered it well and acknowledged it, right? So that's good. Mm-hmm.
5: And uh, you know, it wouldn't be a presser about a new football coach here if we didn't ask at least has Osborne talked to him yet? And uh, Coach Osborne has about right. with Joseph, and uh, and I thought it was it brought a little bit of humor to it here.
1: Well, He still talks to me like I'm a 19 year old, but um, <laughs> that's cool. But, um, you know, he, he, he gave me good advice that he believes in what, what, what I'm going to do and, and um, you know, and, and discuss what, what he thinks we need to do. And I don't think I need to go into that, what our conversation was about. But um, he still believes in Nebraska football, and, you know, and, and he's, a still, he's still a, a wise guy. He's still a wise – he's really wise. His wisdom is still there. So it's good. it was good to t- talk to him yesterday, and, and, I, and I'll do that weekly with him.
5: You know I felt like a twelve year old when we were talking to Osborne, so <laughs> you acted like one <laughs> I probably well, with a tie it was a That's zipper true. tie, but yeah you know um no I, and I thought that was interesting. you know I'm saying you'll know, talk with them weekly, and some people you know you get a little bit of the sense on Twitter that people are like that they're, they're annoyed <laughs> they get annoyed where it's like you know can we hire somebody without having to talk to Osborne, can we do something without having to have Osborne? I, I have no issue with this, We we have, uh, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time living right here in the city. And, and he still likes to be involved And these, all these people, whether it was Frost or it's Mickey now, or it's Trev as the AD, all of them played for, for coach. I think it's a, it's good to get someone that has a perspective that is so unique and that is what he has. I mean, you know, he was the coach here for so long. He was an athletic director here. He was uh, he was on the, the inaugural uh, college football playoff committee, you know, picking them. I mean, this is somebody that has a lot of football knowledge and football experience. And just like Trev said, when he's talking about looking for the next uh, head coach, he's going to talk to a lot of people. He's going to use his football connections and football experience because you're going to learn a lot by talking to people that know a lot of football. And so... Uh, I think that's a really wise move from uh, Mickey to to want to talk to to coach and to talk to him even on a weekly basis, like
2: you said. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I saw some, some great media posts saying that, you know, Mickey was going to bring Coach Owen as the uh, D-line coach. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. But he does have a, a – an impressive network of other coaches that he can lean on, including his his brother who was uh, an NFL head coach and is the D coordinator uh, of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and uh, that was something that, you know, he was
5: talking, yeah, we'll talk about here and throw the bones when, you know, he was, he starts to get into defense and he gets you know questions about that as an offensive coach. And he's like, well, you know, you, you got to know the other side if you're coaching one and, and his brother is a great example of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think it is going to be interesting. Maybe this is worth a little bit of discussion before we get to the last offensive video is like, you know, how as as the wide receivers coach and as I believe most of his coaching um, tenure. Uh, has been on the offensive side of the ball. Now he was a head coach at uh, some smaller levels, but you know, how, how can he, you know, manage an entire program and, and both have offense and and defense uh, oversight? You know, I think he had some good responses to to that too. But that'll be an, a, a critical part of his transition is to be able to do that.
3: Well, you know? I also found it interesting too because he did say he talks to his brother and his cousin every single day, right? And and you know those guys are giving him some input on like, you know, Hey, here's maybe a tweak or two that you can throw sure. into this defense to do this. And, and, you know, and that could be a reason for a couple of just like, I won't say coaching changes, but coaching movements that he made right there. Like, you know, thing right. Right. Day, right. Like saying, okay. Cause you need two guys back here in the backfield safeties and corners. Right. Like that's because those are two different sets of eyes that are watching the field. So you need two different perspectives. Um, i thought it was i think you know and that's the thing is as, as, as bad as as much as i loved vance joseph in denver um <laughs> Very funny, yeah i yeah, yeah, I think i'm hilarious well uh, you know i think uh he he's always been known as a great defensive mind and and it'll be interesting to see if any of that knowledge that he gives to mickey bleeds over onto the field that's right, Alumni Hall. They just opened up a sweet new shop in downtown Lincoln. I believe it took over one of the other shops. What shop was that, honky? It was Husker mm-hmm.
5: Headquarters. They also have one at 56 and um, Highway Two. So yeah. there's two locations in Lincoln now.
3: And yeah, and they just they just opened up there. And next time I'm in Lincoln, I'm definitely looking forward to going there and checking out this the store itself. You know, we we we've, we've gone around the Haymarket, checked out a couple stores there, but apparently this one is top notch and and you know number one with all of like the actual licensed you know swag and everything and i got my shirt there too so a little Herbie love going on and you know rock and roll uh Mm -hmm. you know again that's alumni hall and you can also check their stuff out alumnihall.com backslash nebraska i think it is and you can see all of the stuff to purchase from them through there because they will send it to you in the mail
1: it's time to throw
3: the bones
1: Well, when you're an offensive coach, you better understand defense, what it should be. And I always use my brother for example. He was a college quarterback, but he was a defensive back in the NFL. He was a college quarterback. Now he's a D.C. in the NFL. So you got to know what's going on on the side of the ball. You know what it should be. It's football, guys. It's either four down or three down. It's either two high or one high. (laughs) It's four down
2: or two down, three high or one high, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Honk, I mean, what do you think about um, that, that answer, I guess? And I, I think he's right. It's football, right? Well, some of it's, it's really simplifying
5: things right now. And I, what I saw the last, well, the, all three weeks of the season, I see a defense. It's not void of talent. And I don't even think it's void of effort. They looked lost. They looked lost the whole night against Georgia Southern. They looked lost when Northwestern has a guy going wide open down the field and we're compl- they're completing the pass on us. They just look lost at times, and that's coaching. And when it comes to coaching, it's about simplifying things. Then let's make you know let's not make this harder than it is. Let's not make this rocket science. It's about four down and three down. It's about two high and one high. It's how do you simplify things? They're going to do some, and he really he he hit on two things in this. He hit on gap integrity, and he hit on how to improve tackling. Uh, tackling is something we have been talking about all season so far. Uh, this is uh, – before I play it, I don't know here. I'm just going to throw it out to you, Dave. How would you improve tackling?
2: Practice it. <laughs> well, here you go.
1: <laughs> well, I thought they tackled good today. You know, I think that when they have the opportunity to do it, you know, I think they they do it well. We just got it's something that it's muscle memory. Sometimes you got to do a lot to to get it done. Tackling's not easy. You know, I I think what happens when when I talk to my brother, he says what happens when they get when he gets college defensive backs. You know, one they don't process real well because they play nothing but man, and two they don't tackle real well. So when we say we have to address the tackling issue, you can't attack it. You can't attack the tackling issue without tackling. And that's what we did.
5: I mean, this sound – oh, gosh. I feel like I'm back in my youth football coaching days. I can't believe we're having to have this conversation. But you can't get better at tackling without tackling. And, yes. And, you know, I I know that football has changed, and I get – I, I get beat up on social media sometimes with some people where I, I say, you know, take the green jersey off the quarterback every once in a while. I, ah, no, no, that's how, that's how it's played today. You can't you got to do it that way. You can't have this much contact. And the NCAA, to to their to those people's point, the NCAA has taken away some of the contact. They've taken away some of the two days and all those things. But at the end of the day, my goodness, you have to tackle. If you don't tackle in practice, then you are it's going to always show up when you get to the game. It always will, and it's also going to show up. With your offensive guys not getting tackled, you know yeah, it, the best way true. to break tackles is to get, you know is to have to actually do it. And I, again, it so I, you know what, I didn't get to be at practices, so I don't see every single thing that they're that they've done. But I just I think it's a telling tale that that Mickey has made that point right away to say that uh, they're focusing on that. So how to improve tackling? There's let let's simplify things. Let's just if nothing else against Oklahoma, can we become better tacklers? That's one thing. Okay. The next thing is gap integrity. We saw that the whole night against Georgia Southern, they were just—I mean—from alignment to just you know, guy, two guys sometimes going to the same gap, sometimes no one going to a gap. It's something that he addressed here today as well.
1: Well, I think you know, anytime they have long runs, you know, it's, it's gap integrity. You got you got to be in your gap, and um, you know, we and we got to fix that. We they watch the film and we see what's going on, and you know, it's gap. I mean, you guys know that. I mean. You know, you just don't bust a big run with no with somebody there in the gap. If somebody's not in the gap, they're going to give a big run. And there's things we got to fix, and and that's what we're working on.
2: That, that's intriguing to me. <clears throat> you know, over now this is the fifth year of uh, of Chin's running the defense, and it had progressively gotten better. I felt like we had some some gap integrity issues in previous years, mm-hmm. um, and and then last year everything seemed to be really good. And maybe that's because we had a bunch of uh, super seniors and, and some NFL draft picks on that side of the ball that really um, had, had been in the system for a long time and and knew what they're doing. And now we have some, some younger guys, but it's, it's also, it does feel like, you know, this three, four or four, three conversation. And I know we were talking about this a little bit um, uh, on Sunday honk about, I mean, you know, there's four guys on the line, and, and maybe one of them doesn't have their hand is a hand on the ground or not. I don't know. But um, after that, there seems to be two linebackers, and then the neck, and then and then your your safeties and corners. It, it it feels a little bit different than what we had been running at times when we had a more of a, a true nose tackle um, to be able to play some three four but it should be interesting to see how they can can improve on this and improve it quickly because it felt like last year's squad which had a lot of experience was pretty good at cap integrity and um it, it it's not the case right now with this team
5: well you guys are sitting up in the press box last week and you mentioned how you know boomer i think was saying that over the course of the second half how you know that quarterback should just be able to take off up the gut well you know i saw you know, sitting in the game and sitting in in row 12, I don't get some of the the right angles. And so I I saw it the next day. There were times where we lined up and we'd have two down linemen or two tackles, but they'd be outside the guards, heads up on the tackle, maybe even outside shading the tackle. And there's no Mm -hmm. one in between except for one linebacker. And in those settings, just from an alignment standpoint, you're just begging for something right up the gut. Now, to your point, Dave, a year ago when we were in a, a true three, uh, you always almost always had Damian Daniels right there on the center. Even if there's no one within five feet of him on each side, it doesn't matter. You, you at least had him in the middle. There was there's some immovable kind of piece that that they were going to have to focus on. But I mean, my goodness, there are times that it, it felt like we just got spread out beyond belief there. Kind of looked like a Pliny defense almost. Yeah. You know, running, yeah. You're running right. the dollar. And, uh, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're baking for guy, them. Well, and, and, and that's also part of when I've talked about our running style, which I, our, our attack on running the game back on week one and week two, where we're not going to line up in double tights. We're not going to line up in full house backfields like Iowa and, and Minnesota and Wisconsin do. But then if you're going to do that, then you've got to be able to do things to spread teams out or or have the mobile quarterback to do it. Whatever it is, something has to give. You have to stretch them horizontally or stretch them vertically. And um, certainly what Georgia Southern seemed to do was stretch us horizontally. I mean, my goodness, there were times our defense just looked completely, uh, un, you know, we, we, we were not in position numbers wise to make plays in the middle of the field. And that's where they were hitting us.
3: Yeah, there was there was a few moments, you know, I was sitting in the in the south stands there. Um, great. You know, they were they were good enough tickets i could see the whole field sometimes the ball got further away but there was a couple times where they were uh coming at us right uh georgia southern had the ball coming towards our end zone and my wife does not know football at all she literally couldn't care less about being there she was just there with me having a good time a nice weekend with me and there was a couple times where she like it's so simple sometimes when you when you hear it she's just like how come they didn't put anybody there to tackle that guy? <laughs> like, like there was never anybody there. He just like ran to that spot. And that's maybe some staff how... openings. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. She's, she's so, like, she's no. like, maybe if they put a guy there and he, he could tackle him. And it was just like, so simple. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, Rach. Love you, babe. Like, but yeah. she had a
2: point. Didn't she? she had a great,
3: she had a great point. And she's she not wrong. Spit. No, she's not, and she's like, "Why do they look so confused?" Like there was times where like guys were running around. She's like, "Oh, they're not ready yet. Don't hike it. Don't let them hike it. They're not ready yet." Like yeah. she literally said yeah. that too. At one point. Well, I think, my God. Well, I think the confusion.
0: Around? I
5: think the confusion thing is important, and the confusion thing, and this is something that Mickey addressed, is that they're going to go with two defensive back coaches here, and especially when you are. I mean, we talked about this before the season, Dave. You know what would were we focusing enough over the offseason on the fact that we lost our two safeties and we lost Cam Taylor Britt yep. but the two safeties that had so many so many starts um and the idea was is that you know um we're probably not going to be too affected until we get to playing probably Oklahoma this week there weren't too many teams on the on the schedule that yeah. would maybe take that much advantage of it but at the end of the day I don't it, it hasn't even been about the opponent at this point they've looked absolutely lost and so again let's let's focus on what can we fix in a short period of time and this is what Mickey did.
1: Shin, Shin's, he was already back there with the nickels and we kind of just let him work you know with the safeties so we can give them some you know some independent you know coaching you know and and, and Fisher would go straight to the corners and, and the nickels but you know if, if you look around the country, everybody in the country has two DB coaches because there's two different positions safeties and corners. If you look at the NFL they got two DB coaches. We were the only one in the country, I think, had one DB coach. That's Fish has two eyes. You got four guys back there. You can't see all of that. So it makes sense to have a, a, a safety, a coach back there with the safeties. And usually it's the coordinator, and that's why we decided to put Shen in. He agreed because we got to do what's going to help us get better.
5: You know, and, and Shen's uh, last year, he was the guy working with the Nick. He was working with JoJo. That was kind of his – that was Shin's position to work with. Yeah, but right. it was interesting to hear uh, Mickey talking about how you know nobody has only one DB's coach. I, I I didn't realize that. Now, of all things, Bill Bush has been a safeties coach many times before. In fact, I believe he was safeties coach and special teams coordinator when he was at Nebraska. So you know mm-hmm. it was it wouldn't have been out of out of the realm to think that he could be assisting there too. But it's just that no matter what, they want to get more eyes into the backfield. And I think to Kurt's question earlier. Um, that's one of the biggest changes from a coaching standpoint, what they're going to do at least, you know, starting off right away this week. And so hopefully, you know, these are, these are immediate changes that the idea is that we can see a fairly quick turnaround. You you can't go out and get, you know, 50 free agents. We're not going to be able to flip the roster, you know, none of those things. You're not really going to be able to, to flip a, a scheme a lot, but What are the things that you can do to get a team to play faster and, and gap integrity tackle better and, uh, and just a little more individual attention at some positions that are, that are still young that can help.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not the only school that, you know, still had that one guy running the entire secondary does seem to be a trend that people are splitting that up the safeties and corners a lot more. Um, You know, I, I took a quick look at the big 10, like Ohio state, Wisconsin, Minnesota, they all split that up. Uh, Some teams, Keep it under one guy, like Iowa. They must put that savings towards offense. So you know, <laughs> you know, well for them. So, but yeah, it does seem to be the trend in, in modern coaching to kind of split that position up, and, and maybe rightfully so. You know, I, yeah, because they are kind of different positions, and
2: they probably do need some individual attention, especially as they, fast happy as teams are these days. Did they hear that correctly? That uh, Fisher will have the the nickel now, though. Is that right? Did I hear that? Yeah, I right? think nickel and corners is what is what he will have. Interesting. So Boomer, um, what do you, I mean, when we were walking away from the game, I mean, it was, the question was, was like, and this is even before the change is like, how are you going to fix that defense? Right. I mean, it's just like, what can you do to, to make a change there? What are you looking for? Uh, in against Oklahoma we're not looking for miracles here I think the hockey's point hopefully maybe this is an incremental improvement over the next uh, month or two but I mean what would be one sign you just you, you would say like point to and say hey that that was a step in the right direction next week
4: yeah it, it's they haven't had a lot of time to practice it but I just say if we're just not having those issues of people lining up in the wrong gaps and wrong holes I think just, just line up right. You know, again, you've only had a week to work on this and try to get that right. But if if you can just start that, simplify, so not seems glaring errors where you know guys are lining up and covering the same hole, their heads in the wrong spot. I mean, that's just an open invitation for offenses to take advantage of that stuff. And Georgia Southern did that, and they were very good at it and seeing it, and they took advantage of it. So if you can just at least cut that down, give your guys in better position, maybe they can make a few more plays. It's it's going to be a very incremental process. It's probably good that we have a bye week after Oklahoma because that gives us a whole lot of yeah. to practice this stuff before we start conference play. You know, Indiana's not an offensive juggernaut, so we have some time to hopefully put some stuff together for it and get a little better at it and to start putting some of these changes in practice. But, yeah, just let's just line up right. Let's that That's what I want to see this week. Start doing that, and I think we'll be in good shape. So. Or better shape. How about that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well,
4: the last,
5: last video I want to show then – on the D, and then maybe after this we can break down I, I know we're spending so much time on us and, and we have this top 10 team coming in be nice to talk a little bit Oklahoma and Oklahoma's offense sure and what they bring but uh the last bit of, of of us let's focus on us for a second it's the need to have to play faster and I think that's ultimately everything we've talked about so far with defense and what we'll talk about with offense too is it's it's all leading to the to the we need to play faster football and uh and let's just I met with
1: coach coach Shins. And um, we're going to play faster. We're going to tackle in practice. We're going to detail what we're doing with our kids. We're going to make our kids hold themselves accountable. And we try to fix the problems.
5: So, uh, you know, they're all words right now. We'll find out on Saturday at 11 am how much. You know, it made a difference. I know a week ago, right now, the, what we were talking about was when Frost was coach. He was saying, "Hey, we went ones versus ones last week. That was our whole thing, right?" And we were expecting to see a major difference on the lines of scrimmage last week, and you know, a big difference with tackling and all that stuff. And and it didn't, it didn't come, uh, didn't come through. So um, it's all words until we see it on the field. But uh, at least. At least they're new words, <laughs> a new voice. <laughs> Fair, uh, as as Trev would say, they were new words coming from a new voice, and uh, and hopefully we see it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, are we ready to switch sides? Well, Oklahoma's offense here. We're still oh, talking yeah, yeah, I'm about sorry. Our defense. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, what? So so you know, who? Let me who just throw some names down. out. Let me well, throw some names out. Yeah, Boomer, you can or, or Boomer, go for it then.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've watched a little bit of Oklahoma in the last couple days, tried to pick up a little bit. I know we didn't get to see a lot of the start of the game, but I I followed up on it. Kind of Oklahoma against Kent State, they started really sluggish on that game. Um, You know, Oklahoma's been trying to get a running game established. They haven't, you know, rocked the world on that completely. I think they were held to like seven rushing yards against Kent State. So it wasn't great first half. Uh, that was the first half stat, anyway. But they yeah. eventually blew that game open. It seems like their their go to guy so far has been uh, Marvin Mims on offense. Yeah. So he's been uh, having a pretty solid year for them so far. I think he's got over about two hundred and fifty yards and several touchdowns. But they they do have quite a few different you know targets they go to in the air. But he'll be the the name you definitely want to watch for on offense. Uh, they've got uh, kind of a two running backs are trying to get in Eric Gray and Marcus Major. Again, they struggled against you know Kent State, but uh, eventually it took a while. Their passing game kind of opened up the running game a little bit in that second half. So those would be the two names you look for on that. So they've been fairly balanced on offense, a little little more pass heavy, just because I think the way the first half against Kent State went primarily. So. We'll see what they're able to do. I think, but those are on offenses the names you're going to look for. I think primarily this week, so at least the big yeah. names. I mean, defensively I mean, they've got some other players. We'll want to we'll talk about later, but uh, yeah, those are the big offensive
2: names. So yeah, from a you know recruiting standpoint, Oklahoma's you know has done well for themselves, but maybe not to the, quite the same level of an Alabama or a Georgia. And um, they did have a lot of folks uh, transfer out when. Lincoln Riley left. Uh, he was an offensive-minded coach. Um, obviously, Caleb Williams, his quarterback, went with him. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel, uh, a UCF, UCF um, yeah. quarterback who was there after Frost was there, uh, is, is now there, and he he can do quite a bit with both uh, his arm and, and legs. Uh, Eric Gray, Boomer, you mentioned him. He was a transfer in from Tennessee when Tennessee went through a coaching change um, and is, is a pretty highly regarded uh, running back from a recruiting perspective. So, I mean, Oklahoma definitely has weapons, but I mean, Boomer's right. Marvin Mims is the guy that you got to be a little little worried about, especially with the, what that secondary looked like.
3: Yeah it seems like from looking at a lot of the stats from their games too that um one they they seem to have like some pretty quick scoring capabilities it, the time of possession in both their games is basically they're right around 20 minutes of possession compared to like 38 39 minutes for for the opposing team mm-hmm. but wow. but the other team is only scoring 13 points 3 points respectively right and mm-hmm. i think the one key key thing that i see here um their third down efficiency last week they were 3 for 12 And against uh, Texas El Paso, they were three for eight. So it almost seems like if our defense can hold them to like a third down or something along those lines, that uh, that's generally where that they seem to struggle. Um, Mm I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but they. Well, so
5: what you're saying, get off the field, right?
3: I mean, that's that's literally
5: literally the thing that we've, uh, you know, what was it? Georgia Southern started off seven of seven on third downs Mm -hmm. against us last weekend. To your point, Rob, I mean, if we're in third and anything, I'll say third and long is anything you know, third and eight or longer. In those situations, you just got to get off the field and improve tackling, gap integrity. All those things can play an immediate role, an immediate role in helping get us off the field when we get the, into those kind of situations.
3: Yeah, I mean, their their passing and rushing yards are pretty even too. I mean, they've had they had four hundred yards of offense last week. They had under five hundred yards the week before. Um, pretty much almost split down the middle for all intents and purposes as far as run pass go. So I, it's it's kind of – it'll be an interesting to kind of see how they play that against us, especially after what Georgia, and so- Georgia Southern did to us the, on the passing front. Of course, they did run off some pretty good runs too. So yeah. 600 yards offense are going to get quite mm-hmm. a bit of both. But, um, yeah.
2: yeah. I'll say a note just from a coaching staff perspective, the OC is uh, Jeff Lebby who uh, was an old Miss the uh, last couple of years under Lane Kiffin had Matt Corral as a quarterback. And that was a, you know, a, a pretty dynamic offense. Um, and it was definitely uh, Brent Venable kind of waited for a Lebby um, to, to get through with uh, everything to, to, to add him to the staff. So it was definitely his guy. He wanted to have his OC and um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Hey, Redcasters.
3: I know the economy has been tough and, Are you looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years? What is FSC Edge, a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies? expert services, helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality, and they support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the United States and Europe. You can work with fun people, with great attitudes, learn about patents, you're not on the phone, you're not customer facing, you can dress just like me right now in your Husker tank top and your Go Big Red Cats hat, and you can work in a new environment with over $2 million in improvements job also comes with excellent benefits go check out available jobs today at www.jobsandfsc.com and now scoring explosion the offensive
5: breakdown i don't think dave will probably talk as long on offense because there wasn't as much discussed today on it um but ironic Ironic, there wasn't a, a, you know offense. Maybe it's because week. they didn't
2: look so bad last week compared to the defense.
5: I had a lot that I liked
2: that I yeah. saw on Saturday. I mean, that we were, offense beats Northwestern, I think. You know, yeah, the QB was mobile. We he ran, about
5: he ran around a little bit. But uh, there's a nice mix of the run and the pass there, and they rolled out the QBs and they we had double tights at times. And I mean, it was just it was a it was more imaginative to use the, the Frost term. It was a more imaginative offense and. And uh, that clearly hasn't – that wasn't the issue last week.
3: God, how good is Grant? Can we just, like, praise Sheesh. that boy some more? I swear to God, man, that that kid, oh, he's just so much fun to watch. But
2: how many – what was his carries in yards last week?
3: Uh, he had uh, – of course, you asked that now of right is my – I mean, A.J. Allen
2: looked pretty good, too. I'll, I'll fill in yeah. the space here while someone looks that up. That, I mean, overall, we had a pretty good run game. And, and you're right, Rob. I mean, they, offensively, just having an actual running back, it's been a long time, you know? So, yeah, really. Well, yeah. I'm looking at Grant here, and he has
4: 27 carries, 138
2: yards, and a touchdown. So, yeah. 27 carries. Yeah, 27. Yeah. yeah, 27 carries,
3: 138. He has 428. Averages. Yeah, go ahead.
5: Yeah, he has 428 rushing yards so far through three games. You know, so we're a quarter of the way done. I mean, that's a 1700. He's on pace for a 1700 yard season.
3: I was going to say he might, he could, I, and, and call me crazy. But I mean there's I'll a call good you a crazy
2: Rob, don't worry yeah, about I, that.
3: I know, but there's a there's a chance. Like realistically, I was looking at those numbers, honky, and as as the offense really does start to roll here, there's a good chance he might go for two thousand yards this season. Like you don't wow. think so, Dave? You think not against No, like, I mean I, I get play. where you're
2: going, but I think defenses are going to get better, and they're going yeah. to. If, if he's having you know, that big of a year, they're going to start keying I, on It him. just it yeah. just seems like, like he always. That.
3: It just seems like he's always slipping the first one or two guys. You know, he gets behind a guy, and all of a sudden he pops out one side or the other, and he busts around the end. And
2: yeah, I'm I mean the Big Ten is good at, at rush defense. Yeah. and
3: if that's what I want to see. I want
4: to see you know how does this the first three games translate in going forward? I mean Oklahoma's defense has actually been pretty good this year. I am mean, granted their competition has been terrible, but. Kent State moved the ball, but they were able to stop them, mm-hmm. you know, from scoring. Right. And then I want to defense see defense from the vaunted D coordinator Ted Roof. I mean, good grief. exactly. And you know, Venables is a defensive guy too. But I, yeah. I do want to see, you know, can we keep this going as we're hitting that Power Five competition, you know, Power Five competition? And I think it seems like he can, just
3: from what we've seen. But that'll be that'll be the key to the season going. Yeah, forward. but who would How I be if I can't like that? make some kind of like an inane you know, prediction that never comes true. I mean, you wouldn't be a red
2: cash, Rob, really.
3: That's right. That's very I I, I don't think I'm going to nail it.
5: I don't think that he will keep on that pace. You know, let me be very clear there. He's on pace right now for a 1700 yard season, uh, but he only has to go through Oklahoma and eight more big 10 teams. So we'll, we'll see what that is. I mean, um, but I, I definitely think he's on pace. If he stays healthy, obviously, and we all pray for that. He's certainly on pace to become a thousand yard back, and that is something that we haven't had a lot of lately. And that's a that'd be a very good step in the right direction. Um, one thing on offense here, too, that was uh noted today offensive analyst Mike Cassano, uh, he has been promoted to the position of wide receivers coach, coach Kaz, as they call him there. He was a he came with Frost from UCF, so he's he was with Frost for the last seven years, um, and uh, and has been an analyst here for the last four. So he'll be taking over the the wide receiver position for Mickey. Mickey said he was still going to be involved with that position in some capacity, but at the end of the day, you know, he's the head coach now and he can't do all that. Um, I do want to mention, you know, you, you guys had talked about Venables and Venables of course was a longtime defensive coordinator at Oklahoma and then at Clemson. Uh, Mickey brought that up today here, just about how he has gone up against Venables when he was at, at Clemson. So they do have some familiarity with each other.
1: bill was a really good coach. Um, I went against him when he was at Clemson. He's a really good defensive coordinator and now he's a head coach. So I know, you know, some of the things that they were doing on defense, they're going to do when they're at Clemson. So we understand that, but it's a big opportunity for the players. And I think they're excited.
5: You know, think of how excited Casey Thompson is. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, we talked about all offseason. Casey Thompson had a, had a great game last year against, uh, uh, Oklahoma in the the Red River shootout, and it just their defense let them down. <laughs> you know, and, and all offseason we were talking about. Imagine what the black shirts could do, and, and you know, not to let them down, and, and that that combo of of Casey really hitting it and, and the defense. Well, hopefully that's what we start seeing now this week. But um, Casey, I know is excited to uh, to play against his dad's alma mater coming in here, so uh,
4: that will be a lot of fun there. Uh, what do we know about uh, Oklahoma's defense, Boomer? Yeah, like I said, they'd had a pretty solid uh, first couple of weeks here. Again, the talent wasn't great, but uh, they have played really well. Basically, not allowing hardly any points, really. And, you know, It's like they're playing Iowa every week, so it's pretty impressive on that end. <laughs> uh, names you really want to watch for, they've got a linebacker, Danny Stutzman. I know he, he got hyped up a lot. He's a sophomore, but he really is kind of playing up to the hype. He's got, like I think, this... Last week he had 12 tackles, four for loss, a sack. You know, he graded really high. Uh, Billy Bowman's another guy in the secondary you're going to want to watch for. He had a, you know, a, a lot of interceptions so far this year. He's a name you'll want to look for. So there are names. Their defense is seems to be good, which is something we didn't always expect from that kind of Big 12 Oklahoma type type team. We're probably used to the Big 12 being, you know, just who cares about defense type thing let's score 65 and hope that counts but
1: mm-hmm.
4: Oklahoma seems like they've shifted that a little bit so far this season again they haven't played anyone you know resembling a power 5 team or you know so this will be their first real test of the season too to see how stout that defense really is so that's mm-hmm. that, that is one of the fascinating matchups of this weekend and what I'm excited to watch for so.
5: mm-hmm. uh, you know offensively and I think Rob hit on this earlier he talked about time of possession it, when we played Oklahoma last year I went down to the game And I was there in 2008, the first year of Pelini, when we were down like 35 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And well, I think we all were there, other than Rob. But anyways, doesn't matter. Um, We were down like 35 nothing, and to get down 35 nothing, granted one of them was a pick six, but other than that, that meant that Oklahoma had to have four possessions in the first quarter to get to 35. So last year, when I'm in the stands. And all I was doing was just watching the clock. That was that was really the thing I was more intrigued with. And it took them about seven minutes to get down the field, and they had to convert some third and longs and things. But they scored a touchdown. Martinez gets on the field. Of course, we jump off sides a couple of times before we get our first nap, you know, the, the, the usual. But we struggle. You know, we figure out a way to get down the field. It takes about seven minutes. We kick a field goal. We make it. That was a shocker. And with about a minute left, Oklahoma's getting the ball for the second time. And we're down seven to three. And all I could say, I mean, it's very early in the game, but I'm like, that's a win. That's a win for us. We we, we are playing the style of game that we want to play against them, um, which was a very um, disciplined, of all things, disciplined, run heavy, move the clock. You know, a Big Ten style of kind of game that that Frost employed. Can Whipple do
4: that? Or just or what style of game do you want what, to? What style of game do you think we want to play this weekend?
5: I mean, like you're saying, like a shootout versus you know, yeah,
4: I mean, we
2: are protected, seems to be very shootout oriented. We may not have you know. a choice,
4: yeah. I mean, is that is do we need to turn this into like a classic Big 12 style game? Is that I, what we need to do? I, I, I would be in favor of, I think the time of possession is going to be very important.
5: I think that we need to take as much time off. It, we have been very successful this year and finishing drives with touchdowns. i got to give the the offense a lot of credit there. We haven't been settling for a lot of field goals, but it wouldn't kill me at all to see a bunch of five and six and seven-minute drives. Um, I think that would be really important uh, because, as we've seen, Oklahoma doesn't take a lot of time and doesn't need a lot of time to score touchdowns and score points. So the less time they have the ball, the
4: better. Are we situated to do that? I mean, we we've seen that in a lot of our drives. We tend to move pretty quickly. We move up tempo, um, and that was part of the problems, you know, in, in the game with Georgia Southern. We left them too much time on our last scoring drive. You know, we just well, we move I, them all I, so quickly and we score. Yeah,
2: yeah. Is that I, tell what you.
4: we're meant to be? I don't. I don't know. So.
2: And for scoring yeah, touchdowns, for scoring touchdowns, shift in but philosophy
4: at this point, I don't know. So, yeah, Dave. You're...
2: Yeah, no, I just. I mean, I I see where Boomer is going there. I mean, I think if we have if we can establish a run game versus Oklahoma. Um, that's gonna be, be a big deal, right? So I mm-hmm. mean like I mean, we can, you know, take our shots and then boomer to your point, that last drive, I mean, I don't think we needed to take that shot to Marcus Washington that ended up after a review getting us down to the one. I think we could have been running the ball and, and drained off another minute or minute and a half and that we might have have a completely different result in that game if we didn't give him four minutes to to score right we had to do one or the other we ended up actually uh putting it right where they had enough time to score but didn't give us anything back right so i think mm-hmm. you know i mean if we're going to take that approach and try to to save our defense a little bit i mean we got to commit to the run game and then then execute it and, and if we can do that that's 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 amazing but we may have to throw the ball at some point
5: dave i think you you have a a really interesting perspective here we have a we had a former husker head coach from from back in the day that was up in the press box and you were able to sit close enough to him you could just hear him talking about and he talked about it was was george Darlington, and he teaches a football class and, and has over the years and stuff and he just kind of was talking about the timing like you know yeah. everything you just said there i mean when you got to the end it's like well this team's not going to stop up so you better have this much time left and if you don't you're going to run out
2: yeah exactly right i mean George darlington knows more football uh, he's forgotten more than we will ever learn right yep. and i mean he was he was like you know they they either needed needed need to let let uh, georgia southern score right away or they should have you know taken more time off the clock while we had the ball right and, and we did mm-hmm. the exact opposite we gave them 4 minutes i think um to three or four minutes to to drive down there and they gave us 36 seconds back right if we mm-hmm. had a minute 36 um we we might have had plenty of time to get in much better field goal range and if we only gave them two minutes they maybe um would have had a completely different set of plays they would have had to run because they wouldn't have had as much time to, to execute yeah. their, their two-minute drills
5: if we had a minute 36 there's a good chance that we scored the touchdown I mean yeah, it, the way that we're moving tree, huh?
4: and and, and of course, point, we might have Dave, scored it in thirty-six seconds and they'd had a minute to score <laughs> there you go. Yeah, this got yeah, to go on never, all night.
5: Yeah. It, it never ends. But you know, to your point, Dave, that one throw that was to to Washington that came down to the one yard line, and that's a great throw. It's a great catch. It was right in front of me. And and I mean, heaven forbid, I mean, I don't want to like come back negative on the team for making a, a play. I mean, they made a great play. Know. It's right. just more the it is that thing of this is going to be a, a game where I think we're going to be better off with fewer possessions than more. I think, oh, it, it, just knowing our defense right now, I don't want to see them on the field more times than I have to. And if our offense can chew up eight minutes, uh, you know, on the clock, I mean, literally, that's what North Dakota did to us. That's what you know. That's what uh, Northwestern wants to do to us. And everyone yeah. said that we're more talented than those teams. Well, then fine. I'll. I'll I'll agree that Oklahoma is more talented than us, so let's uh let's not give them the ball more times than they need it yep that's right well, I think uh that probably does the offense pretty good here I'm gonna take off do my parting shot, but then uh, you got let you guys do the bet cast um I just want to say here for um you know it was a crazy Sunday obviously at Memorial Stadium uh with coach Ross being let go. But they also did. They had a Husker Heroes event. They do it every every year annually. Um, Alex, uh, my son, he has, he has autism. He that is one of the reasons, or that's why he's you know welcome there. I guess to, to Husker Heroes each year, and they just do an amazing job. He gets to go on the field and and play with the you know they throw footballs around, do all kinds of stuff, and they're AJ Allen, a couple of other players here. Everyone's just they're so good to him. So, anyways, I posted that. Seriously, thank you all. I, I know there was a lot going on today, obviously. Really appreciate you all taking time out for this event. Alex loved it. He had a good time with it. And so, uh, you know, even in a, in a hard time like that, a hard day like that, it was, a, it was a proud moment for me to be a Husker fan. So, go Big Red. I'm going to let you guys go. Go BetCast. The
2: BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, guys. Uh, We are on to the BetCast uh, segment of the show and um, one last plug for the Go Big Redcast Bets. If you haven't joined, join right now. It's going to be highly competitive all year long and that is uh, indicative of how the uh, BetCast turned out last week with our best bets. Uh, Producer Skip, unfortunately, now 0 for 3 on the year. Um, I'm sure he's doing quite well in all of his other bets, but um, whatever he picks is is not hitting here. But
4: so we have uh, his college boomer,
2: pick him as any indication, yeah, it's not doing well, Dave. <laughs> That's right. Uh but boomer, you easily took uh USC at seven and a half at Stanford U- USC. I think it was up 41 to 14 at one point. Let Stanford um get a couple two a couple late touchdowns, but had that game easily in hand um i sweat a little bit with duke and northwestern as they scored early and often at least the blue devils did but then they kind of went into a stalemate and uh, i took yeah. the under 57 and a half and uh rob you, you didn't really sweat this one either air force at 17 and a half easily covering that against oh, the i was Bucks. i was
3: sweating it like the first 10 minutes of the game i think it was only like yeah, seven so, three
2: yeah yeah and then it you weren't sweating it any longer, but uh, Rob, I, oh, how many? What's your record now this year? Three and oh. Three and O. Oh. It's impressive that your gut is three and oh. i I'm, I'm quite impressed with that. Hey, um, look, at,
3: look at Dave. I've done a lot to lose this gut. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you keep on winning with that gut because I don't think you're <laughs> doing a lot of yeah, analytics. Keep it. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I,
3: I've never been one to overthink anything.
2: That's right. Well, keep it way. up, man, because uh, you're making us look pretty smart here with our, our best bets. But Boomer and I are holding up our end at, at two and one on both. And so as long as Skip turns this thing around, um, you know, if we were a, um, a uh, you know, a betting syndicate, uh, I think we'd end up being profitable, hopefully, for anybody who's following us, but um, through the course of the year. That's, that's our goal, right? Um, all right, guys. So what do you want to talk, talk about what you're looking at this week? Well, there's, there's some interesting
3: ones. Cause if you just looked at it on paper and you didn't know what you're talking about, I think got Notre Dame favored at ten and a half over Cal. Are, are we supposed to stick to big 10 right now? Or are we? No, whatever. Uh, whatever. You can jump on oh, that one. The big 10 is not be,
2: a great slate. Yeah. So.
3: It's I mean, and there's not, yeah, they don't have like the greatest play outside of the Nebraska, Oklahoma. And again, I don't bet on Nebraska. So, um, and that's an interesting one just because Cal is, tra- it's only a 10 and a half point spread. It almost feels like that's a gimme, um, for Notre Dame, uh, the well, over-under is 41, but I mean, Notre Dame hasn't looked all that great either so far. And so.
2: Rob, are you aware that the Notre Dame starting quarterback, Travis Buckner is out?
3: Yes, I am. And they yeah, just two. Yes, I do know their own too. That's why it's just kind of like you look at it and you think like 10 and like, that's what I'm saying on paper, you look at it and you think, oh, that would be a really good bet. But thank you for bringing up the points that I was going to bring up that like ten and a half seems, you know, iffy and the over under 41, um, you know, and it's, it's uh, it'll be questionable. Like I said, Cal is two and oh, I mean, I don't remember the last time Cal was
2: two and oh in anything. Yeah. That's uh, Justin Wilcox.
1: So
2: I I think, yeah, I, I would probably look at the under on this one. You have a Notre Dame yeah. team that's been struggling to score anyway, and now you have a backup quarterback. Cal's not an explosive offense either, and is defensive-minded. It's a really low number, but I could see an under 41 in that one.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a scary mm-hmm. 41 because, I mean, it's really all you got yeah, to do it's no is, Iowa game
2: where you feel like it's yeah, a game.
3: We're, game. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Uh, I mean, Boomer. I, the do Iowa you jokes have? would be so yeah, much there's, better this speaking, uh,
4: speaking of Iowa – the line on that, you can get it at Iowa minus 23 to minus 23 and a half. I can they score that many points? Well, I mean, if they get like 12 safeties and a couple of field goals, maybe, but I that just seems like a heck of a lot. I mean, it's Nevada, I know that, but in Nevada, is usually not a world beating type team, but gosh, and they're worse than usual
2: awesome. this year. We've talked about Nevada, yeah. I mean, Nevada's every, every week so points. Far.
4: I mean, they're not, I mean, they've they've just looking at Nevada, I mean, their talent, the, the teams they played haven't been good. It's New Mexico State, Texas State, and Incarnate Word. But they scored 23, 38, and 41. I mean, even if they average on the low end, it, that means Iowa has to score 40-something. I, I don't know if that's even physically possible for Iowa at this point. I mean, you know, unless Brian Ferencz gets a few more cameos called his way. Maybe, and, maybe they'll um, score, like, four defensive
2: touchdowns. Yeah, like, they, Iowa's I, defense is – is much better than what Nevada has played. So, I mean, yeah. I could well, say It the- is,
4: yeah. But, I mean, you're still asking. Iowa has to score somehow. I mean, mm-hmm. and they haven't shown any capability of that at all so far this year. No. Is the tricky no. part. And, you know, if, if Nevada scores twice, I did that might be beyond Iowa's offense at this point to put that much up. And so, I, I don't know. I'm going to wait on that and see what the line is on Thursday. That's what I was thinking of. And then, I do Rob, you mentioned this, you know, when we were talking the other day, just. Colorado is just god awful. Yeah. Yep. And they've yeah. got Minnesota this week. Who's looked really sharp in their first two games, and, and they Minnesota, uh, I think, blanked them last year. I'd probably. Oh, yes. take, yeah. Yeah. I'd, Minnesota beat the beat the Toronto Probably took the over
3: forty six and a half on this one, but that spread twenty seven and a half. I mean, that just. That spreads like that scare me. Anything over a spread over 20 always scares me. Yeah,
2: I think personally, is a, I think is personally a as, as a better. It.
3: Like yeah. I, I just, you know, I mean twenty-seven
2: up... and a half. It's under a key number, obviously, of of twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, yeah. If you can get that still, I mean I I'd be pretty tempted to take that. It's on my list. I'm seeing uh we have uh a listener, Brian Viator, uh throwing up some some suggestions. One of them that I agree with is uh, the Kansas plus nine and a half. It might be a 10 and a half now uh, versus Houston, uh, Kansas, two and zero. who would have thought guys. Right. And the rare, um, uh, they were 13 and a half point dogs last week versus West Virginia. They win by 13 in overtime, um, double overtime, I believe. Um, I, I mean, Lance Leopold might, might be the real deal there. And it seems like Kansas could potentially keep that within uh, single digits. I don't know. Did Did you mean to say the future Nebraska coach? I'm not going to go that far, but he is a viable
3: candidate. Rob. He is definitely Let's viable. I'm back. just, I'm joking, Dave, just because it's exactly what I hate doing right at this point. So, uh, all right,
4: anything else out there on the board, guys? Well, I another one Brian brought up, and I was thinking of riding again. They they paid off nicely last week. USC, I think they were at minus yep. twelve with Fresno. And USC's putting up a lot of points. Their offense seems to be rolled pretty, pretty nicely. So that's another one I'm going to kind of keep an eye on. Well, so that may they we may just go with them again this week if so. you want
3: to, if you want to good kick to the gut the over under on the Georgia Southern uh, University uh, yeah, that's right uh, is um, on the UAB game is 54 and a half and well, um, what's the they're actually UAB, and they're, is and they're, like some, and UAB is actually yeah. an 11 and a half point favorite in that is game. there
4: something we're missing
2: on that
3: um, I, yeah, I, I was trying to figure a, that a out win, a win against them that's yeah. what we're missing a win against them. It,
2: it will be intriguing to watch that i mean to your point boomer i guess you i'm mean, just looking at our game you'd think that that would go over at least mm-hmm. and yeah and it seems like georgia southern could be very competitive in that game I, I don't know if they can keep this up um and it's very different to have a, a big shot at a, a power five team and then have to go play a uab in a Really different atmosphere, but well, Georgia right. Southern is obviously a playoff team this year. It's,
3: well, certainly, of
4: course, top five at
2: least. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
3: they're mm-hmm. going to be the Cincinnati of this year.
2: Uh, a couple of them that are my my um, potential ticket. Um, looking at the under fifty at San Diego State and Utah, um, could see that uh, San Diego State mucks up games and slows everything down, and I think Utah is pretty good, but I think they'll just be looking to try to to win that by by double digits and, and get out of um out of town without much of an issue. So that could be interesting. Um I saw that Michigan State is a dog to Washington. Is that right, guys? Mm-hmm. You guys see that? They are yeah. correct. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I Michigan State looks pretty good. They haven't played anybody yet, but I don't I don't know much about uh Kellen DeBoer and that the uh, Washington Huskies quite yet. But I I guess I'm gonna have to do a little research more on that one because that was surprising. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, three and a half point spread on that one. Over unders fifty six and a half. It just, it's an it's, it's at Washington. I I mean, is that why? Like, uh, I have no idea because both these teams. I mean, Michigan State two and zero. Oh, you know, they're number eleven and they're a dog at Washington. I don't get it. You're right. Like, it's
2: just, it doesn't uh, add up. Right? Yeah, I think it's it, no, it, it doesn't. Up there.
3: Yeah, something, something. Is there somebody like a key player that's out that anyone knows
2: about, or is there that I don't know? No. You know, oh, I mean, another the, one I no, thought like about: uh, cigar won't yeah. light in the humid conditions of Seattle. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Seattle yeah, teams it's... I don't
4: trust. You've got Purdue and Syracuse this week. It's basically a yeah. pick. Them. I mean, you get that one. I mean, yeah, I'm not and it's sure a, and it's, a it's
2: a, it's a, yeah. a, it's a night
3: game starts at five thirty. You know, so plenty of. Plenty of rest during the day. I I don't know. Like are are they planning on like letting Michigan State go out to the bars the night before or Rob, we had
2: turned over to a different oh I'm so sorry Yeah, we're at Purdue Syracuse, Rob, so yeah. Oh, Syracuse. Time zone, so we're all well. <laughs> so I, I'm rooting for Purdue, obviously, because that's a big win for the Big Ten West if Purdue can knock that off. And Syracuse looked pretty good against Louisville in the first game of the year. So that's interesting. A couple of Big Ten games and maybe we'll get out of here. Uh that also is is intriguing uh indiana is favored by six and a half versus West, western kentucky um I, I don't know if indiana deserves to be favored against anybody but sure i guess I'll, I'll think about that one a little bit and um i lost my bet last week with with michigan i took the the over 50 and they were over 50 it was 42 to nothing at half versus hawaii but of course it was the backdoor cover and Hawaii scores late. It's fifty six to ten instead of fifty six to three, and I lose that bet. But I may ride uh, and just have a different approach. They're playing another horrible team. Michigan has like the easiest start to the season, and they're playing Connecticut, which is yeah. awful. We talked about 40... runways, and yeah, you could you could launch a
4: couple seven forty sevens off of the start of the schedule. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah.
2: forty seven and a half. I think is the spread. I don't know about that, it but is, the it over. Is is 57 and a half. It's at and 60 right now. Now it's at 60. You could have got it earlier. You could have got it just yesterday at 57 and a half. Um, and that pretty attractive i got yeah. that
3: actually and of course to our bet casters just so you know we don't make our picks until thursday afternoon thursday evening our best, and some, bets. Our best bets i should say well, um, until until the numbers have pretty much settled down at that point so you know while we're talking about this now just you know keep an eye on the, on the numbers here don't don't like you know take our word for a lot of the things that we say now because the, those numbers can
2: change that was a good psa rob thank you thank you thank you all right guys anything else on the board you want to talk about
4: I uh, will say uh, the line has moved in the Nebraska Oklahoma game a lot more towards Nebraska's favor from what it it's was. 11, uh, it's an eleven. Think, yeah, it's right? eleven. Eleven yeah. and a half. You can get a ten and a half few sites at the moment. Actually, on
3: the uh, on the uh, on the pick center on our uh, what do you, what do you call it? The chalk on ESPN actually has that at eleven, mm-hmm. even eleven. No, not eleven. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And that changed while we were sitting here, actually, half mm-hmm. a point. So they must be listening to the show and, and understand it's going to be a shootout. That's what it is. Sure. I just assume everyone listens, Dave. It's just, well, they you know. Do.
2: That's, that's, you don't need I to mean, do that. We, are, we are now know, official Huskers. I mean, we're now official of Huskers media. I'm surprised it's we're not listening to the media guide. Influence you know? is the question. All right, let's get out of here, guys. Rob, what
3: do you have for me? Parting shots. Well, Parting shot. I just want to say, you know what? Keep your heads up, Huskers. Um, let's not worry about what's going to happen at the end of the season. Let's just worry about this next game coming up on Saturday because that is the most important game of the season. Uh, And then after that, it'll be a bye week. And then Indiana will be the most important game of the season. And just one game at a time, that's all we're going to do. Coach Joseph is our guy right now, and that's the only person we need to worry about supporting as coach for the Huskers at this time. Go Big Red.
2: Sounds like you're you listen to that pressure pretty closely, Rob. Good points. All right, Boomer, get me out of here.
3: Uh,
4: similar kind of talk to Rob there. Uh, it's I think the the big advantage to having made the move that we did and you know letting the coach go is now there's no pressure on this team for the rest of the season. We don't have to have that cloud hanging over it, and all these games are essentially with house money. It's just just go out there, play, have fun. You're not trying to save somebody's career. You're not trying to keep a fan base you know happy. Just go out play games and as fans you can just kind of go out and enjoy them and just just enjoy it for the game it is and not have to worry about all the little infighting and everything else that we were doing and, and that'll be great and so kind of brought a little bit of relief I think to everyone and brought some enjoyment back to the season. so just go out, have fun. it's Oklahoma week. Let's do that and don't forget the uh, Oklahoma Nebraska history. From the Go Big Red cast we did with Mike Babcock. So
2: Yes, absolutely. Good I was timer. just going to promo that. I'm sure uh, we'll have uh, some some uh, mentions of that in our um, Twitter and, and Facebook feeds. But you could definitely go check out that uh, really awesome show that you guys did with Mike Babcock a few months ago on the Oklahoma series. Two hours of just a deep dive. Uh, on Oklahoma, Nebraska, all the way back as far as you can go. So, well worth the listen. Definitely go get you hyped for the game and should be a lot of fun. All right, guys, uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Red Go Big Red.
5: A Huda Media Production.